Hello and welcome to the Real Estate Pro Radio Show. I'm your host, Amber Arms, and we have with us today Jeffrey Giglio from Conshohocken, PA. Hey, Jeff. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I am good. How are you? I am doing well. Thanks for asking. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Likewise. I appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let, you know, let's just hop right into it. You know, tell me a little bit about yourself. You know, who's Jeff? So, yeah, uh, I think first thing that's always sticks out for me with other people is, uh, you know, first and foremost, I am an identical twin. Uh, I work with my twin brother, Mike, um, 35 years old, grew up in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, um, always stayed local to the area. So I met my wife, moved down to the Conshohocken area, uh, where I currently reside. That's amazing. I, it's funny you mentioned that. I'm actually also an identical twin. Um, I have my twin oh, wow. sister, uh, Crystal, here, and we work together, too, actually, um, in most of the insurance <laughs> stuff we do. So okay. I think it's funny. Are you older or younger? Have, uh, uh, I'm technically younger by two minutes. I got Mike by ten minutes. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, yeah, the got that great. one for life. That's for yep. sure. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. So then how did you and Mike get involved into mortgage? Uh, actually, you know, really kind of fell backwards into it. Uh, we had graduated from East Stroudsburg with sports management degrees. Sports was kind of always our main hobby or our main uh, passion in life, if you will. And then uh, we had graduated college. Uh, our mother was fortunate. You know, we were fortunate enough, excuse me, to have our mother allow us to live at home rent-free we saved our money for a year, knew we wanted to buy, not rent. Uh, so she allowed us to kind of execute that game plan. And, uh, you know, going through the home purchasing process, we had went into the office of the lender we were referred to, uh, sat down with him. He just took a liking to Mike and I and, and had posed the question if we had ever given any thought into getting into mortgage business. Uh, at that point, we you know we barely even knew what a mortgage was, honestly, at that point in time. But uh, kind of going through the process with him, seeing a couple, he, he was kind enough to reveal a couple of his pay stubs. So getting to see the earning potential and what went into the the industry, Mike and I both thought it's something that we could you know really sink our teeth into. That's amazing. So you really kind of stumbled into it as you know something you needed for you know getting a house yourself and just kind of. Hopped into the industry from there, then I guess. That's correct. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So how does it? How do you get like started? Is it something where you have to get licensed, or did you have to do training, or how do you get started in something like that? So you do have to get licensed. Um, I mean, you know, so when we had first started, uh, the name of the bank was Quaint Oak Bank. Uh, they're a small shop in Allentown. I believe they have other branches. I'm not entirely sure at this point. Um, but long story short, they are federally chartered. So if you do work for a federally chartered bank, you are not required to be individually licensed if you work for that bank. Um, but if you're going to go out and work for an independent mortgage company like what we do now, cross-country mortgage, um, they are not federally chartered, so you are required to be individually licensed. So you have to go through 20 hours of online pre-education, prerequisite type stuff, pass your online test, um, you know, as far as that initial exam is concerned, and then from there, you schedule time at a testing facility where you go and you sit down. It's about three hours. Uh, very difficult uh, past, or excuse me, test to pass. I have to add, we've had some some other uh, peers who've gotten in the industry have struggled to pass it. Mike and I both failed it our first time. 
Um, but yeah, you know, more times than not, uh, long answer here, you do have to be licensed in order to get into this job. That, that makes total sense. And it seems like that's very common across, you know, real estate in general. Most of the, you know, career paths that are involved with it have some form of licensing, I've found. It's just interesting how it changes from one section to the other. So it's really interesting to see how they compare to each other. So why was the reason that you actually decided to become a mortgage broker then? What was your actual reason that you guys got into it? Was it just that you thought that it was something that you guys could do for the pay or is like, what was the actual reason? So, I mean, I think that, you know, the driving factor behind it, Mike and I always wanted to do something together. Uh, we have been pretty determined in that since we were little boys. Um, and then having graduated, I went to work at Verizon Wireless. Mike went to work at Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Um, I feel like, you know, we need to, we needed to, you know, pay bills and, and, provide for ourselves, although we were living at home, but still wanted to save and, you know, build a life for ourselves. So with that, we got good paying jobs there. But ultimately when we sat down with Sam, who got us into this, it was the, the thought behind this is something Mike and I can do together. Um, When explaining the job, you know, granted there's a lot of, of detail and knowledge and training that goes into this, understanding guidelines, knowing how to structure loans. But the main key and the most difficult part of this job is getting the phone to ring. And for that, you have to be personable. You have to go to networking events. You're going to happy hours, mixers, um, business net, like BNI groups where, you know, morning yep. clubs, you're sitting out having breakfast, getting up, giving your elevator speech. And, and that's something he and I have always been good at, just a, a likability, if you will. Uh, we've always been blessed, again, with being twins, as you guys know, right? We'll go out to mm-hmm. these events, and we found ourselves more time than not, not even necessarily having to be the ones to initiate conversation. People would approach us and ask us, are you guys twins? So that would then just <laughs> lead to the flow from there, and it was kind of always something that allowed us to stand out, which, again, we thought, if we're going to get into sales background, what's your differentiator? And for us, it was being twins because that was something that made us unique and different from another loan officer. Uh, oh, so combining the aspect of that with, yes, another core piece of this for us was the earning potential. Because well, I've uh, always had a, a certain income set for ourselves, and to be able to do that in this was important to us. Well, I think that's awesome. I mean, just the fact that you're able to find something that you can do together, you know, as you said, I, I know exactly what it's like. And, you know, there's nobody that you trust more than your twin. I mean, it's, exactly it's hard right. to find anybody that's going <laughs> to be on the same exact wavelength all the time. I guess some people joke on how it's like telepathy, right? But it's not even that. It's just so much that you guys are on the same page most of the time. You know, think yeah. the same way, feel the same way. It just makes for a very good team, I think. Because you've experienced life through essentially not this, you know, obviously not the same set of eyes, but through the same set. Whether yeah, whoever was babysitting, whatever you were class you were in, so on and so forth, it was a matter of kind of going through life side by side. Yeah, absolutely. You know, a lot of the same experiences kind of mold you very similar. And, you know, it, it's definitely an interesting experience. And I, I definitely get the questions too. A lot of people want to know what it's like. And sometimes it's hard to explain to people. Um, you know, how it is on the inside versus the outside. And I think it's super fascinating to, to find other twins out there and see if their experience is similar. Same. It's something we also, you know, we enjoy that as well, running into random people out sometimes. And it is interesting to kind of see a dynamic where I feel that 
any twins we've run through, they're either super, super close or they're rather distant. They've just kind of yep. wanted their own life and kind of almost resented being a twin. Yep. Uh, I just I just can't relate to that thought. I can't either. It's it's a lot yeah. of either one or the other. There's no in between. And honestly, I, I couldn't imagine my life without her being involved, without her being close by and, and knowing that I have somebody that I can fall back on and will always understand, you know, how I'm feeling or, you know, how <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking at that moment. It's just, it's just a beautiful thing. That's for sure. It is. I agree. Well, so you've been in mortgage for a while, I'm, I'm sure. Um, you know, what would you think that we're looking at with the market going into 2023? You know, we've had a lot of changes over the past couple months. Yep. So, you know, and that's a great question. This is our year 11 for us in the business. Uh, we've never really dealt with this market. Mike and I got it in 2012, so it's really kind of right when we were coming out of the subprime mortgage crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of been nothing but uphill as far as our career has been concerned from that standpoint. Inventory has always been rather flush. Uh, rates relatively low. Um, and, you know, we've listen, we, we've had high rates before when we got in. I think it was 20, I want to say it was 2018. We were up in around 5%, uh, you know, 5.5. That was kind of the highest we'd ever seen it. So we are in somewhat uncharted territory as far as we're concerned with our careers being around 7 Um but, you know, there's just a lot of factors that are relatively, you know, what's going on in Russia and Ukraine has a lot to do with rates, although people don't necessarily factor that in. Um, that's something that nobody saw coming, right? It's been a big part of uh, supply chain, uh, agriculture, and all that stuff plays in a role in mortgage-backed securities as well to some degree, yep. right? I'm not saying there's an exact correlation, but it's all factored in. Uh, it also just kind of leads to like a macroeconomic outlook that's a little more unsettling, so that never helps. Um, uh, the other reality is, is COVID, right? And, and all the, you know, unprecedented things that came with that, the lockdown, all the stimulus, all the liquidity that was just kind of handed out into the market today, which is why we're dealing with the inflationary problems we're dealing with. And I think it's difficult to assess where we're going to be because I don't know that anyone necessarily has a firm grip on how much was handed out and where that money is now and when this kind of inflationary period will stop. Um, You handed out an unprecedented amount of money over the last two years. um, And they, 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 you know, from what I see and what I hear and I watch, it just feels like they're kind of throwing darts at a board to see, all right, well, let's try this to get a reaction, and then let's try that. But they don't necessarily have an exact game plan in place. Because when I'm, Mike and I spend a lot of time watching CNBC, and the general gist I get from that is the amount of people that disagree with what the Fed is doing, but the Fed is then so assuring in their stance and that they have this somewhat under control but when I when you hear Wall Street and the Fed going back and forth like that, it just makes me feel like no one necessarily knows what they're doing, and they're just kind of figuring it out on the fly. This episode is brought to you by WeInsure Center of Chester Springs, Pennsylvania. With access to over 200 carriers, WeInsure is ready to service all of your insurance needs for home, auto, business, life, and more. Simply call 484-207-6640. Again, that's 484-207-6640. Or visit WeInsureCenter.com. Get your free quote today. 
Yeah, and I mean, I think that's understandable to a certain degree, too, just because, you know, as you said, we're going through two very large, very impactful experiences back-to-back here. I mean, the last time we had a pandemic of this scale was, like, the early 1900s, I think it was. So, you know, knowing how much that was going to impact the economy, I think nobody could really predict necessarily just how far-reaching it was going to be until we got through on the other side. And, yeah, I think it's going to take a while for us to really recover from just how much stimulation that we kind of just shot into the economy over the past two years. Now, that doesn't go away overnight. Exactly. So it takes time, that's for sure. Yep, and it's tough to forecast. And that's the more question we get from clients are, you know, how long are your rates are going to be this high? When are the rates going to come back down? And I mean, everyone can speculate, but if anyone actually acts with some level of certainty, I just, you know, to me, they're, they're lying. Yeah. Because <laughs> somebody knows. Nobody knows. Yeah, I mean, everybody's kind of guessing at this point. So, you know, everybody's kind of putting in their, their ideas of, of what could be and where we're going to be. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's probably going to be somewhere in the middle of where we're all guessing anyway. Exactly and right. Yep. Everybody's going to be half right in some way. And then we're going to be on the other side being, okay, well, you know, it wasn't as bad as we feared, but it wasn't as great as we hoped. And now we're just going to move on from it. And that's just it. It just comes back to everyone having to kind of, you know, normalize. And, yeah. you know, what is the new level? Where's the bar now set? And adjust and go from there, as we always do. Yep, that's for sure. Well, then I have one question for you since you've been in here uh, in the industry for a while. Um, you know, how does the interest rate affect people's buying power? Because I think a lot of people don't really understand it that well as far as how much it impacts their availability to get a loan. Yep. Another great question. I mean, that's probably the biggest issue we're dealing with right now is affordability. Um, so it's kind of, it's all compounded, right? We also have a severe inventory shortage. So that compounding with uh, affordability issues is what's really kind of drying up the market. A lot of cash buyers right now. Uh, but to stay on target with your your question there, affordability, essentially from where we were at the beginning of 2022, to where we are today on a $400,000 loan, it's roughly $1,000 more per month for that individual today than it was back when rates were in the uh, you know mid to, mid to uh, high threes. Wow, that's so, crazy, actually. And for yes, and for the average you know for the average household, adding $1,000 to a month to their payment is just not it's not feasible. It's not realistic. Yeah, it's not no. You know, especially with the cost of living and everything else inflating at the same rate, it's, people don't have as much income to be able to dedicate to something like that. Correct. And, and, you know, the damage has been done with the home appreciation over the last two years. I think a lot of it was tied to kind of that urban flight. Right now everyone's working remote. And you had a bunch of people who have city wages that were living in the city now have the ability and autonomy to work from their home. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people, if I can work from home, I don't have to be in the city. I don't want to be in the city. So it's led to a mass shortage in, you know, rural city, suburban areas for everyone kind of pushing outward, wanting more space, more house, more land. Um, and, they, you know, it really drove up the prices. We had some crazy appreciation over the last two years with where homes were and where they are today. And although they are attempting to raise rates to kind of combat that, drive prices down, to this point, that has been unsuccessful. Now, yeah, we're not I mean, seeing, 
Do you think they're going to go back down at some point, or do you think well, they're going to stay we're, where they are? We're not seeing the same level of appreciation. The appreciation percentage has definitely dropped, and in that effect it has worked, but um, we are not seeing any price dropping. So what you know, a lot of people are forecasting, both the mortgage side and the real estate side, are essentially just 0% appreciation as a possibility for the next two years. Hmm. But... Zero percent appreciation doesn't take away, you know, the twenty to forty percent in pocket appreciation that we saw seen over the last two years. Yeah, I mean, it's compared. Like, what's a normal appreciation rate? Would you say under like traditional conditions, like pre-pandemic? What was a typical I mean, appreciation I rate? Anywhere for the real estate, somewhere between two to six percent. It's kind of always been my understanding. Now, I don't right, know that so. for a fact. It's probably it's a great question. It's, I should, it's something that I should know, but the real estate side, I've kind of always leaned on our agents for. Yeah, um, well, there's tons but, of people with great information out there, so knowing the right people is, is I find, most important in this industry. Well, and, and that's exactly right. And we always try to stay in our lane, right? If, if it's, yep. if we want to be specialists in mortgage banking and let the other professionals in whatever sector of real estate that is, let them be the professionals in their field. Absolutely. I mean, so even well, even if we give it some extra buffer right there, like, like let's say that a traditional higher percentage is 10% appreciation, we're still talking up to two to four times that amount over the past yeah. few years. That's yep. still an insane amount of appreciation <laughs> to happen in that time period. Yes, like, and although that they may, again, although it may not continue to appreciate at that level, even if it stays at zero, you've still made all that money and are sitting yep. on all that money now. You're not going to necessarily be losing any of that money and even the worst forecast we've seen for depreciation five percent so yeah you know the, the home prices aren't going back to what they were in 2019 it's just not going to happen yeah i mean even if it does it's probably going to take quite a number of years before it's going to be able to get to that point and i don't know that it ever will i mean generally house prices tend to go up over time and stay that way so you know, I don't know that they'll ever get back down to where they were. Also, during the pandemic, there was an uh, incredible amount of institutional money being poured into real estate and a buying of houses for rental real estate. Yeah. And, you know, that those that inventory is not going to see the market for the next 20, 30 years. Yeah, because they're looking so at the, long-term investment stuff. Correct. The people. Correct. And they've bought all that up at 3%, and it's not – you know, that inventory is not, it's just off the market now. So when you wipe out all that inventory uh, without necessarily being able to keep up with new construction because of supply chain issues and just everything working against us from the creating new inventory standpoint, um, yep. you know, it's just kind of created the environment that we're currently in. Yeah, and it's going to take a while to kind of equalize, but now, generally, I think that the industry tends to equalize over time. It just takes it just takes time. Generally, you know, it's at some point I think the rates will come back down. House prices may still kind of stay where they are, but you know, ten, generally these things tend to equalize eventually. It's just a question of how long it's going to take to get to that point. Yeah, and that's the question. That's the million dollar question right yep, there. That it is. That it is. <laughs> And if only we could tell the future, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. I, I probably wouldn't be, be on awesome. this call. If I could tell that, I probably wouldn't be on this call. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and oh, you probably wouldn't sure. be calling me. Yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah. 
Well, you know, what would you say, you know, in all the time that you've been doing this, what's the biggest misconception that people may have when they walk in the door and, and come to try and do business with you? You know, what do you have to usually teach people? Oh, wow. That's a great question. That's a really good one. Um, I think the biggest misconception would have to be people thinking that there are programs out there that just like you're a first time home buyer, so they just give you a house and you don't need any money. And you just, I heard about a first time home buyer program. And it's as though because you're a first time buyer, uh, you know, they're just going to turn the keys over to you. Mm. And that's just not, now listen, there are programs out there to help you get in for a very minimal amount. Not everyone qualifies, some do, some don't. Um, but more times than not, an individual is going to need some type of asset. Um, to be able to purchase a home, right? We're going to need to be able to sell something and put that money away and let that money season in the bank. We're going to have to have funds on reserve. We're going to need gift money from parents. We're going to need something to be able to purchase a home. So I would probably, I'd try to save all the, of the majority of what we deal with our first time home buyers. Now, as we've gone later in our career, we're certainly coming into the move up buyers, but a lot of first time home buyers think because they're first time home buyers, they just get the house just basically given to them. So basically just misunderstanding how the program works. And some of that could be just bad advice from family and friends that don't 100% understand it themselves. I think that really kind of highlights how important it is to have someone like yourself involved in the process so that they're not trying to essentially set themselves up with a program that doesn't that they don't even qualify for or that isn't good fit for them. We've always taken pride in educating clients. That's the number one thing we have always tried to stick to. It's you're going to come and talk to us. We're going to do our best to educate you on the process, make you fully aware of all of your options and how they work. But yeah, I think a lot of it outside of even family, it's just kind of like if you go on the internet, like Basil High, everyone's talking, they'll, they'll you know, there's plenty of people about, you know, the Grand Cardones that you just, you know, it's, it's easy. Acquiring real estate's easy. You don't even need money. And there's just kind of developed that misconception of, Yes, there are creative finances out there, but th- that is not for the person who is making ends meet and doesn't have any money to their name. That's just not for that type of individual. Yeah, well, I can definitely say with the invention of the Internet and all that it's come with, it, it's definitely brought a lot of positives. But, you know, there's definitely a lot of times where information can be left without of context, where, you know, yeah. somebody may re- yes. misrepresent it. And then you have people coming into the process with the wrong expectations. You know, even just on the real estate side of things, all of these, like, real estate TV shows that they have going on, like house hunters and flipping shows and investing, it just kind of gives people the wrong idea, I think, of how the industry works. And just it really kind of highlights the pros and doesn't really talk about anything else as far as, you know, the minimums that you need to be able to get involved with something like that. Well said. Yeah, well, I think that um, it's good that they have somebody like you that they can reach out to because I can say for sure that, you know, most people probably don't know a lot about mortgaging, but, you know, it's just, it's a very complicated industry to begin with. So having somebody who specializes it and that does it day in and day out and knows it like the back of their hand is really going to help everybody in the process get to the finish line. I agree. Well, listen, Jeff, it's been a wonderful having you on today. If somebody wanted to reach out to you and maybe, you know, try to get something in this crazy market, you know, what's the best way for them to contact you? 
Yep. So, um, first and foremost, thank you so much for having me on. This has been great. I really appreciate you know reaching out and kind of allowing me to uh, have this opportunity here. Um, and I would say that the absolute best means for anyone to get a hold of me is my, is my direct cell number. Um, and we can access that. You can go to thegeekliogroup.com, access our phone number from there. Uh, you can look us up on Facebook. Uh, we are as the Giglio Group on Facebook. I'd say those are the two number one means. Uh, or if you just Google the Giglio Group, uh, you know our contact information will populate from there as well. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, I really appreciate you having me on, and I'm always happy to meet other twins, so that was a wonderful highlight of my day. Likewise, I really appreciate likewise. you coming on today. You got it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good one. You too.